Welcome to Stand Out from the Crowd, the podcast dedicated to helping professionals and leaders amplify their voice, impact and influence. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Bonjour, salam alaikum. I hope you are all doing well. Welcome to this new uh, live episode of Stand Out from the Crowd. If you are new here, welcome again. My name is Doreen Benamara and I'm the host of this podcast. We go live every Wednesday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time with a standout guest, expert in their industries, you know, who share their insights, but also their stories, the good, the bad, the ugly, the lessons learned, and what it takes to be a leader, to amplify your voice, your influence, so you can have a better impact. And today we are talking about new technologies. In the last century, new technologies have disturbed and disrupt our life at work, at home, in the way we think, in the way we live, in the way we do things, in the way we interact with people, in the way we, we communicate, everything. And most recently, cryptocurrency have changed or at least have brought a new way for us to think outside of the box, you know, to exchange merchandises, to do business and, you know, much more to have a better and greater impact. So either you like it or not. And I know, you know, that might be controversial. Some of you probably love it and appreciate this new technology. Some of you probably hate it and don't believe in it. But listen, at the end of the day, we can't ignore the impact that it has that it brings in our day-to-day -day life. And so today we have a standout guest, Peter Radnikov, who is a cryptocurrency consultant. He's one of the early adopters of the technology. And since then he has done a lot. And he will share all of this history as an entrepreneur, as an early adopter of the cryptocurrency and the impact that he's, um, doing with it. So without further ado, please help me welcome Peter. Hello, Peter. How are you doing, my friend? Very, very good. So I'm super happy for the opportunity to have you uh, on board for this new episode of Stand Up From The Crowd. If you are watching the live, even if you are watching the replay as usual, leave your comment in the section, your thoughts, your questions, you know, maybe you like it, you don't like it. This is a place where we all uh, exchange and contribute to the conversation. And let us know where you're tuning in from because we have a beautiful international community. And I, I can see here that a couple of views actually are watching the live. So, Peter, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us a little bit more about what you do in the current time as a cryptocurrency consultant. What does that mean, being a cryptocurrency consultant? Well, as a true entrepreneur and somebody that got into a business and working very young, I put that title there and I don't love it because consultant kind of assumes I'm trading time for money 
and I'm not willing to do that. So in the sense of like, I consult with the right people and I rather not charge. I rather have somebody that has a like mind or someone that's doing some good or empowering some kind of movement or people and I'll consult with them in that sense. But I'm not a traditional consultant like you could hire me for 40 or $400 an hour and I'm just gonna do what you ask me. It's not that form of consulting. For lack of better uh, title than just putting entrepreneur, I, I figure I put consultant there so people know I do consult in this space. But in the sense of like-minded people and people that wanna do good in the community and for the world, or maybe they'll understand the technology, but are open to the possibilities it may bring for their lives, their business, whatever the case may be, right? So that's what I'm excited about in the space is the fact of working with people that are realizing that maybe they took advantage of the internet movement and were ahead of it. Or maybe a lot of entrepreneurs were old enough now that didn't capitalize on the internet in the early stages and now seeing cryptocurrency and like you said i love that you said it's a technology because a lot of people look at it as a speculative asset but it's a technology more than anything else so a lot of the people that might have either joined the internet wave early and of course are most likely on this and the people that missed it are, are starting to realize that hey as an entrepreneur or a business person or even somebody that's considering doing something outside the box this is a, a form of communication we can use to better each other knowledge you might not take advantage earlier within waiting until you kind of have to use it or hoping it goes away like the internet might have and it didn't right so it's one of those things where we're back to an exciting time and people have another chance to take action at a technology that's building as we speak and is actually making life impact changes on the go and you could be on the forefront of this or again you could just wait so it's user friendly enough that you don't have to understand anything which will be incorporated into your social media platforms into certain ways that we're communicating now into gaming into internet it will just be embedded in the digital new digital economy or the new way we interact digitally this technology will be built in as it scales but as of right now it's still the early stages and there's lots of ups and downs and excitements and uh horror stories and everything. It's the wild, wild west of the financial world. I like it. This is the wild, wild west of the financial world. But you know, that's, that's very interesting because as an entrepreneur, we live the wild, wild west world almost on a, on a daily basis. So tell us a little bit more about your entrepreneurship journey. I know you started at a very young age and you know what qualify, in my opinion, uh, a good or a successful entrepreneur on top of many other things, it's his ability to see opportunities or to see gaps to be filled where others maybe don't or not at the same moment, right? So usually they are a little bit ahead of time. So tell us a little bit about your journey, like being a serial entrepreneur. I think now you have, you run five different successful businesses. So tell us a little bit about the process, you know, how you spot the opportunity, how you jump in as a business leader and you provide, you find solutions. Well, yeah, I've had a nickname as like an alien a long time, but uh, I think just having common sense makes you alien because common sense is a new superpower. So if you have it, you seem like an alien compared to everybody else. So from like the age of 11, I got my first job. At 12, I was doing some Mickey Mouse businesses and having a job and starting some small businesses at that age, I want to know what is the source of money. And most human beings, like now the last five, 10 years since the last financial, like 2008, some people are starting to research it. But let's rewind to the late 90s, early 2000s. 
that wasn't a conversation people were having. That wasn't a topic that was being researched. There wasn't lots of books. There's almost no books. There's actually one book, The Creature of Jekyll Island, that explained the history of our current monetary system. So being at that age, I had to find what I could. And it's like, if I'm eating an apple, I want to know that there's a seed in the apple. You can plant the seed. It becomes a tree. Eventually, the tree becomes a flower. From the flower, the flower turns into an apple. I just want to know that with how our money or how our financial system works. And it's uh, it's not a very positive conversation when you find out what the terms are. It's, it's, like it's not something that's going to create love and peace and show the current state of how we use our mainstream financial system. So being at the age of like 13, I'm like copying VHS tapes, giving it to friends and sharing the message with whoever I can. By uh, 15, I opened my first corporation. I was doing really well at 16 in high school, like better than most of my teachers. But I learned that I like enjoying life as well. So around that age, when I started doing very well, very young, I minimized the conversation of expecting people to know the monetary system. I thought this just made sense. As a person that's working, doing business, I should know the root of our how our money works. But this is not a conversation most people want to have. And then it ends up getting negative because they either don't understand it or you inform them of something that seems to be not logical. And like, there's no way that everybody in the world is using something that a few people control. It's like, that's what it comes down to. And people don't want to hear that. And it becomes kind of like a non-happy way to interact. So I kind of stopped talking about it at that age. I was like, okay, I, I found my way of how to like get myself to live a good life and stay in my little bubble at the time. And then that's what happened in my 20s too. It was like I had lots of opportunities to work with big state and big corporations and I had lots of offerings for different opportunities, but nothing felt right. I wanted to... At that point, I didn't know, but realizing where I am today, I want to do better in the world. And I just didn't find that through the governments or the corporate structure that we currently had in place. So I ended up DJing professionally, hired a team of DJs under me, had a sound crew. I was getting, and I used to love going to nightclubs. So when I was a good sales guy and had all these companies, I would use my money in the nightlife anyway. So I figured as an entrepreneur, why not make my living from where I'm spending my money anyway? So for almost a decade, I was in, I was full time into that, and yeah, I was just living my best life in the sense of, okay, like I don't have a solution to to fix everything. I'm happy. I'm smiling. I'm spreading love and joy, and then all of a sudden, this thing called Bitcoin, like how it really stumbled across to me was I study uh, Fifty Cent or Curtis Jackson, who's much more of an entrepreneur. Well, back then you could call him a musician. Back when I started studying him, now you could call him a, a film producer. I don't think, I think most entrepreneurs that have been doing it a long time, you can't put one title on them. Sure, you can yeah. throw on an entrepreneur, but I mean like he's done so much and I study that side of him. I'm not studying what he's saying in the music. I'm studying how he came out to market, how he decided to publish, what albums, what music, when, when he dropped the first movie, when he dropped his first books, when he diversified other businesses. So this is an entrepreneur I studied and respected. And I was on a vacation in Cuba and there's not much TV. The, the lady I was with at the time was watching some talk show. So I, I usually wouldn't pay attention, but he comes on to the talk show. So I'm like, oh, let me check this oh, out. Okay. This is December 2014. And he says for all of his shows, services, products, he accepts this thing called Bitcoin. And at that point, I didn't know what Bitcoin was, but I respected his opinion so much. I'm like, I have to figure out what this is. So January, when I got back, luckily I had somebody else uh, propose like a business opportunity on LinkedIn to me. And that kind of refreshed my memories. Oh yeah, I heard this 
50 Cent talking about it last month. And for three weeks, I barely ate, barely slept. I had a laptop, an iPad, a phone, the YouTube, whatever. Everything was on. I was reading every single article. I think I've read at that point in 2015. I can't say I read every article online, but I definitely watched every single YouTube video that was available because there wasn't much content. And every logical article, because there's a lot of uh, spam out there, any logical published article, I'm pretty sure I read every single one that was, because there wasn't that many. There was less than 100. There's probably 50 videos on crypto as a whole at that time. So I shut down my life and was like, what is this thing? It, it sounded too good to be true. So once I realized, wow, there is a neutral way for us to communicate financially. Because remember, everything you do besides breathing air, right, every time you go ride the transit, every time you ride your vehicle, anytime you eat food, anytime you meet a friend, anytime you buy clothing, half of that interaction is the financial instrument that you're using, which is money. So when we have a corrupt form of money that we use, that means every transaction we're doing has a negative association without us realizing. So the power of having a neutral monetary system, not to say Bitcoin is like the next miracle, it's just neutral. So from having something negative to something neutral, that is a huge advancement from going to something that's just based on not mathematics, someone's opinion of what they should, that they have math behind it, but they're not basing, there's not a mathematical formula of how our money is created. It's like if they feel like they need to inflate 20% of the economy in one year, they will do it, right? So it was long overdue for us to have a way to interact that's neutral, fair, and just based on simple mathematics. So that's that's very interesting what you see. If we dive further into the conversation, I would like to take a look at the comments from our uh, beautiful guest. So we have people coming from uh, all over the world uh, who are saying, hey, Peter, everyone. So Michael, so Michael is from uh, Ghana and he says in my country and in, across Africa, I hear many people take advantage of others in a fraudulent way. I want to confess that I don't accept connection from people who want to discuss cryptocurrency. So let's address this uh, for, for a minute, because that's very interesting. As I said at the beginning, you know, a lot of people are skeptical about cryptocurrency. And as you said, we can hear like good stories, bad stories, our stories, like there is a lot of scams. But if you if we look at it really deeply, do we know how to use? And here again, it's really to provide you further information if you are not aware, if you are not familiar with the cryptocurrency on how you know it works, but how it impacts our day-to-day -day life and, 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 and what it means, you know, as a leader, as the leader of your life, as the leader of your business, like new technologies, when they come in, they are here usually to stay and they disrupt, they disrupt the way we were thinking and the way we were doing and the way we were communicating with people. So it's for you, for us as a society to have a better understanding of what it means, what's the impact and what it impacts for us as leaders, you know, in our day to day life. And so, uh, uh, Peter, can you can you uh, respond to Michael about his point to be skeptical <laughs> to people who want to discuss cryptocurrency? So like going back in history a little bit, understanding that any form of financial instrument or any way of communicating through finance, there's always been fraud. So yes, there was bartering once upon a time. I'm sure there was some kind of scams, but 
gold is the oldest form of currency that we still use on some kind of level today. And there's people making fake gold 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 5,000 years ago. But you lose your job to know that, okay, there's certain tests you can do. You can melt gold at a certain temperature to verify it at the most extreme level. And there's minor tests you can do to verify it as well. So gold has been used for fraud. When cash came around, there was so many fake gold bond certificates. As soon as people took a paper form of money, which was people that trusted certain banks, institutions, they say, okay, we trust our gold there. This paper is as good as gold. Those papers were frauded heavily. This was a big problem. And a lot of it was called running on the banks or running on, on whoever's holding your wealth. People would come, demand, and if it wasn't there, they would get exposed. So that was a big problem. Then we go forward to cash. There's how much people get scammed with cash all the time. People will call you from Jamaica and Nigeria. I don't mean to pick on those places, but they're just known for them and anywhere else in the world can call you and convince you that, you know what, you won the lottery or maybe that you know that your deep relatives in, in trouble and all of a sudden you send them, you go, you take your cash, you go to Western Union, you send it to someone. Like, do you blame the gold? Do you blame the fake gold certificate? Do you blame the person like using cash when credit cards came out? Till this day, I think there's a lot more scams on credit cards, lots yeah. more than there is in the crypto world, right? So when any technology works, email transfers, bank frauds, like any technology that works, there's gonna be scammers. The thing about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency as a whole, it's actually not regulated. It's a mathematical formula on the internet. So it works. It's a form of interacting with each other. And for it to address this issue too, I would agree. If anybody's reaching out to you about crypto, I would be very, very skeptical myself because anyone that's working in the field is so busy. They need more employees. They need more time. They need more resources. They don't have time to message people, spam message people on LinkedIn. So anyone that's linking you on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook about some kind of opportunity in Bitcoin, you're right. 99% of the chance these days, it's probably a scam. But that just shows that the technology works. It's here to stay. Just like gold, just like credit card, just like cash, just like email transfers. When the technology works, there's always going to be bad characters that take advantage of that. And Bitcoin is going to be one of the worst ones because I guess gold is not really regulated, but there's a standard. And everything else, when we talked about the bonds, the checks, the cash, there's some form of state regulation. There's no state that can control Bitcoin. There's no authority that could come and make changes. So, of course, all the bad actors are going to love this technology to use to scam people. But a scam is a scam. But this technology, let's go back to the loving and peace side. Right now, if you go to anywhere in the world that's poor and have a connection with a family, sure, you give them your Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, WhatsApp, and you could talk to them, which is nice because we couldn't do that 20 years ago. Yeah. But let's say you do live in a first world country. And you could make $100 on a whatever day and $1,000 on a good day, let's say, just to keep the math easy. Go try to send $10 to that family that you met right now with all the modern technology we have, with all the email transfers, this and that. Good luck sending someone in a poor part of Asia, a poor part of Africa, a poor part of the Caribbean or South America. Go send them a dollar, send them $10 without using cryptocurrency. It's pretty much impossible. And if you do manage to send them a dollar or 10, it's going to probably cost you $30 to send that $1 or that $30 internationally to a place that doesn't have modern banking. 
There's only one and a half, two billion people who have the banking privileges that we do. What about the other five billion plus people in the world? That's where this technology is life changing. So yes, as, as much as there's the bad actors, there's the opportunity where you can go meet someone and yes, you can just give them $10 and change their weekend and they can have a feast and have an amazing time with family members. Or you could actually start communicating with them and do some kind of commerce. Maybe they create some kind of fidget where they're from and you help them brand that and market it around the world. And you show them, hey, look, there's this financial instrument you can use to now start your business. And on top of that, we can actually verify that it comes from you with this further technology in the space we have. And this is going to empower so many people. So I feel like sometimes us 2 billion people that have modern banking forget that that's not the reality for most of the world. And mm -hmm. even though it's for us, if we want to help that world with our structure, we can't. And it's not going to be, it's going to be like the cell phone. They're not going to build banks all in all these poor regions around the world. Just say they didn't build telephone lines for house phones. It just went from no phones to cell phones in the poor places. That's what's going to happen. People are going to go from no banks to all of a sudden using an online internet currency, whether it be Bitcoin or some other form of crypto asset. That is the empowering part. And that's why I don't look past this technology. Yes, there's a lot of bad actors, but we haven't seen the true good. It hasn't really compounded or started. People don't even understand the technology yet. So it hasn't had a chance to do the love and the, the, the positive things it's going to do for this planet. And actually, uh, uh, African countries, some African countries are starting to adopt, to officially adopt uh, cryptocurrency as their uh, official money. And I believe it's in the U.S. that the bank is also considering uh, starting cryptocurrency. <coughs> so, like anything new in the world, you know, we are uh, most of us we are skeptical. And then you have the few visionaries and leaders who can see the potential. So now my question to you, Peter, as a business leader and as a person leading teams, how do you see cryptocurrency and this new technology impacting the way we work and the way we lead? Well, it's going to have so many, like, like you couldn't predict that social media would have been one of the biggest use cases of the internet. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say, I, I know exactly what crypto is going to lead to, but it's going to open our minds to possibilities we never thought of from like, everything is right now based on give you free content, give you free content, take your information and give you ads. That's the business structure of the internet. One thing that will change for sure from this technology is that structure, or even if it doesn't have to change, it'll be a combination. Like now I have to have a $15 a month Netflix or whatever it costs membership or nothing. There's no in between. But what if I could pay a dollar to use Netflix for one day as a test run? What if I could read half of an article and pay a fraction of a penny and decide whether I want to keep reading or not, right? Why does it have to be a monthly subscription, a yearly subscription to see? So that's one basic form of interacting online that's going to open open doors to, and not to mention just that, again, back to the people that don't have access to modern banking, they don't have the option of starting a, a business. Even if they have somehow a Wi-Fi, a, a Wi-Fi tower in their neighborhood and they were fortunate enough to get a cell phone somewhere, okay, cool, they could talk to people. What choice do they have? They don't, before cryptocurrency, they didn't have an option to actually start an online business. So the people who are in the most remote and at least financial instrument situations are the ones that are going to create something we can't even think of from this technology. So one thing that 
it is going to do for sure. It's going to empower more people to think outside the box and come up with new ideas and concepts. And these metaverses are coming out, things of that nature. We're not going to be using a centralized Canadian dollar or U.S. dollar in these future metaverses or in, in what do you call it, Web 3.0, what do you want to call it, the new frontier that's coming. We're going to understand that owning our digital, like you owning the rights to this, this, what we're doing right now is important. Unfortunately, LinkedIn owns the right. If LinkedIn decided that they don't like you for some reason, an hour from now, everything you've done is gone. And that's not fair, right? Mm -hmm. So people are good. And the young generation understands that we kind of been grandfathered into this technology slowly, like the people that it's been step by step, you kind of don't realize. But the young generation that's pre-teenagers, teenagers, they grew up with it their whole lives. So they see it different than us. And if we don't make the changes, they will. They're understanding the value of their digital content and their digital avatar and the future digital metaverse version of themselves. There's a value to that, that the older generation hasn't really appreciated. So that's going to be another major change. Again, I don't have the crystal ball to say it's going to be in this category, but is it going to disrupt a lot? A hundred percent. Is it going to empower a lot of people? A hundred percent. Are a lot of people going to get scammed along the way until we get there? A hundred percent. You know, it's <laughs> unfortunate, but it's how technology works. Yes, exactly. So, so what's the impact that you are looking to make uh, 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 on people with this with this new technology? What's what's the legacy that you would like to to leave with this uh, uh, new technology? So, I believe just in fairness and communication, and like, let's go back to the basics of water. If you study water, we probably have every human alive. The water circulates everywhere in the world, and we have like. Every, a, a little micro cell of water from everyone that's ever lived on us. If you actually do like study the spiritual and the physical side of our bodies. So we're all connected with everything. So we should be able to communicate flawlessly and connecting. And I think we're learning to do that. And I'm not saying this technology is going to lead to telepathy or something of that nature, but it's going to open our minds to communicate more fluently, just like we do with this. Before, I would have to write you a letter 200 years ago. So imagine how many letters and how many people did you spread the letter with and, and broken telephone the message. How many people could that really impact? Very little. Now we have this tool right here, which is a form. Maybe in a few years from now, we'll be actually seeming like we're physical, whether we're in a metaverse or we're in a physical reality with modern technology that kind of makes it seem like the person's there. You can't physically touch them, but they'll see like they're there. So these are all forms of communicating. So... I want to spread the message that this is a technology that's here to empower and better all of us. And I want more and more people to understand that let's connect together. And when more people connected, most people are good. There's not that many evil people on the planet. Like, I don't know if it's one in a thousand or one in a hundred thousand, but unfortunately like the people who have psychopathic tendencies are the ones that escalate in our our societies, whether it be in the corporate world, into the government, and the politicians, like the people that unfortunately do the best are not necessarily have the best intentions. So instead of having a small group of people changing or making the major decisions in society, if we actually connect on more levels like we are right now with information and photos before that, now we're having kind of almost like real conversations via this platform right here. But the deeper with this technology of the financial instrument, like we went back to half of the transactions we do are broken because it's an unfair financial system. 
if we can have that corrected, I think there's going to be so much good and so much more love and so much more joy spread on this planet because it'll make things more efficient too. Like there's not a lack of food on this planet. There's a lack of distributing the food properly and not wasting the food, right? So there's a lot of categories where if we just come together as a, as a, as a global society, you'd see that most of us are loving, caring creatures. And I think this technology spread throughout society is going to be an amazing tool to help people with that and to open up their minds and give them new rejuvenations. And this is what I want to leave behind, that let's keep growing and connecting together and make this place a more loving, better, logical world. So tell us about your project. Is, is this the goal that you are trying to achieve with your your the project that you are launching soon? So, so people understand like in Bitcoin, the technology part of it is it's something digital and rare. So before Bitcoin, any photo, video, anything you send to anyone digital, you can make a million copies of or a thousand or whatever. So Bitcoin is the first thing on the planet where if I send to you digitally and let's say I send it to two people, but one person right before the other, I don't have it. The third person doesn't have it, the person who got it and they can make a copy. So that's the part of the technology side that Bitcoin solved. So moving forward, there's another platform. So that's great for finance. So Bitcoin was made to create digital rarity and it was made to be a simplistic, um, simplistic contract or setup to do basic finance. So take it to the next level. The second biggest platform is called Ethereum. And it was made to make like smart contracts or to build businesses that are based on code. And the first vision they had was to build a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. Or for the people that don't understand crypto well, pictured it's an organization that's run without human interference. It's run based on a preset rules of contracts and no one person or group could corrupt it. In some cases you could have, let's say there's a five people organization, you could say you need three people to agree to make a change. So it's not like you can't make changes, but it's not one person can't just go and be a bad actor in the setup like that. So unfortunately, there was a huge hack five years ago when Ethereum just came out launching the first DAO. And there's all these great minds that were thinking, oh my God, there's so much good the world could have if we had nonprofits, um, for-profits, certain institutions, organizations, groups for fun that could communicate and not need to trust each other. Just like we could melt gold to verify it, we don't need to trust the person as long as we could verify the gold. This is a form of, hey, we could verify that we could build causes that can be corrupted. Fortunately, there was a hack in the early stages of this technology, and people got kind of scared off. Then we went to ICOs, which is like a crowdfunding forum in the cryptocurrency space, initial coin offerings like the IPOs, but no regulation. Then we had decentralized finance to compete with uh, major exchanges. Then the last trend was NFTs, which are just one of one digital assets. But people kind of got spooked up of having DAOs and the few DAOs that you, you see out there are really run by an organization. So they might have smart contracts to make it a DAO in theory, but if you got rid of that organization of people, it would no longer be functioning. So to me, that's not a real DAO. A real decentralized autonomous organization functions whether the humans are alive, they leave, it doesn't matter. It's, it's an ongoing machine. So we want to come up We started with a financial model, which is going to be decentralized finance and NFTs that yield you financial rewards to show a concept. But our goal of the DAO that we're launching, or it's called AAAClub.eth, is a concept 
for us is a proof of concept. If we could actually figure out how many people are willing to vote on average, how many votes do you need to make it official or you have a revote? There's a bunch of little details you need to figure out to see how you could actually have an organization run that's just based on a voting structure and eventually one human updating the code and the organization can replace that human. It's not that the human has control. It's once you agree to something, you hire a coder to update whatever you guys agreed on as an organization. So as this proof of concept, we I believe there should be a lot more of this. And cool, yeah, of course, finances are great. And getting financially ahead is very important. And anyone that's not in balance, spend less, make more, find a way to make more incomes, of course. But for the people that already do well financially, this project here is the start of something that could go on to much better things. Yes, this is a proof of concept, but my goal is to have a bunch of DAOs for, for uh, everything. Like even in real estate, there's nothing wrong with registering it locally. But imagine you had a world concept where everyone agrees through the internet, hey, this is where you actually verify your real estate or verify your designer clothing or whatever the case may be. There could be so many categories where you launch something that's just based on smart contracts and mathematics like Bitcoin, but more complicated. And we could verify so many more things on this planet. So this is technology right here could be integrated to so many things that are neutral. Just like we now have a more neutral money, we could have more neutral, uncorruptible organizations. And whatever that means, that could be educational organizations, that could be financial organizations, that could be artistic organizations, but still having the no corruption and having something that could be done internationally is very powerful. And I'm very excited to spread this. And I believe that if this is not the next wave in crypto, whether it's the wave after or the one after that, this is something that people will wake up to again because there already was some excitement. The technology wasn't there. I don't think it's fully there yet to scale to the billions, but that's what all these great minds are working at. And back to the gentleman earlier, because all these people are working to scale, anyone that's actually in the crypto space that's not scamming is too busy to reach out to anybody. There's about seven jobs available for anyone that understands how to code in crypto. There's so much that needs to be built out. So the people that are actually full-time in the space are like, not that they're overwhelmed with work, but there's as much work as they want to do, they'll do. They don't need to reach out to anybody to add more members or more finances. We're not lacking finances in the crypto space right now. We're lacking human input and human involvement to build it up bigger, just like the internet needed. Like we didn't have Facebook right away. It started with basic Gmails or Hotmails, whatever the case may be. And now how complicated is the internet? Same with this technology. It's needs right now more people to build it to make it more user-friendly. And the DAO that I'm working with is just one of hopefully many examples to come in the future to better people's interaction with each other and open their minds to organizations, institutions that can happen that are running with no interference, not just from each other, not from the state, now, it can be hacked, it can be corrupted if it's set up the right way. And this is going to empower so much for many, many people on this planet. So what I see here is uh, decentralization to the max and a, a concept based on trust in the community. And I feel like, so yes, as you said, it needs to be more user-friendly uh, because uh, many of us, including myself, are not... Uh, knowledgeable enough on the new on this new technology, but the way I see it from a non uh, knowledgeable person, it's really I see the parallel between what's happening 
in real life in our society and the way this technology is evolving. We are looking and we are working in more and more decentralized organization, decentralized leadership. Now we are in a leadership trust crisis where we want to put trust at the heart of the community, at the heart of the system where we can all work together, right? And, and the technology is much more complex and can bring that level of you know, trust and decentralization among uh, the, the, the way, among people and you know, among organizations and the way we structure our life and most importantly, our work. So there is like so many uh, opportunities, so much to talk about it. So we are, uh, over time, but before we wrap up, just I would like to encourage people to educate yourself. Uh, I have known uh, Peter for a couple of years, and back in 2015, 16, he was educating us on cryptocurrency, right? And I remember thinking, this guy is crazy. Like, what is he talking about? I never told you that, but I thought <laughs> that's what I thought a couple of years ago. And then you hear more and more about this new technology. And there you, you hear more and more about the impact and how people are making money. And, you know, also the good and the bad, like everything else in life. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this guy wasn't crazy, but he was a visionary. And that's the thing. Oftentimes we take visionaries for crazy people. And it's only a couple of years later, and you mention it, that we realize, oh, okay, maybe I should educate myself and maybe I should catch up on. So where can people can communicate with you and find you if you want to learn at least, or, you know, being educated about uh, this new technology and everything crypto? So yeah, my, my phone name, Peter Ratnikov, R-A-T-N-I-K-O-V. I have a .com, a Twitter, I'm on most social media. As long as you can call me directly, 416-828-7706. My phone number is also on my website. So if you just type in my name and go to the .com and you go to message me and my phone number is right there, I'm very good on the phone. If I could tell that you haven't spent at least two to 10 hours minimum, like if, you're call, if you know nothing about crypto and you call me, sure, I'll take the call, but I'm going to get you off the phone in one minute and tell you go research it for 10 hours and call me back. So don't be shy to call or text. You know, I, I respond to anyone within reason. And like I said, if if you actually did some research and you, you're on that 10th hour or that 15th or 50th hour and you're stuck on something, that's what I love to do. I, I could see it a little bit faster because I've been in the industry seven, eight years now. So you call me and I can help you with that little hurdle to get you to the next stage. That's what I love to do. But I'm not the guy that you call and go, what is Bitcoin? There is about... 10 great documentaries. Speaking of, I'll make a plug. We're making a documentary. Our team is called Crypto Life. So CryptoLife.to. We have another website. We also have um, a YouTube channel that's doing pretty well. But yeah, that, the purpose here is just let, let, let's spread the love. This is a technology. It's here. You can wait to use it, but there's advantages. Like unless you think we're going back to hunting and gathering, unless there's going to be no more internet no more computers no more technology we go back to just hunting animals and running around unless we go to that world this technology is not going away so love it hate it as long as you're using a form of technology in the future you will be using this so if you want to take advantage sooner of course it's going to benefit your life in some way or another and if not you could just wait and use it eventually and i'm sure it will benefit you in the future wonderful and then we have another comment here uh, who says, um, 
Your guest is, uh, is really an expert. I'm so much impressed and proud of him. Like a fish in the water, so comfortable, packed with good and resourceful information, full of strategy and innovation. And actually, there is a couple of, of, linked, of links dropped in the comment. So click, click on the links, educate yourself, research for yourself, understand what's happening and the change that is happening as a leader this is essential for you to understand the environment we are evolving in and how this environment is evolving itself so we can make uh, better and more informed decisions so peter thank you so much for your time thank you so much for for sharing so 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 many you know nuggets with us i have learned a lot and that's what i love you know with this podcast every time i interview a guest expert i learn myself a lot so thank you for the opportunity you take care you stay safe and for, for those of you, thank you and for those of you watching us or watching the replay join us next week wednesday for another live episode of stand out from the crowd thank you everyone and you have a wonderful day bye bye <laughs>